Welcome to our weekly Wednesday Shear. Action packed. We have today Yud Gimel Tammuz. Shabbos Mir Hashem. Ready? Shabbos Mir Hashem is Parshas Bolok. And then, on Sunday, begins the three weeks. Shiva Asar B'Tamuz. Each subject is its own shear. How can we mesh? We'll see. The Nishmas, as we say, Kamil, Rimelech, Al-Vishalom, Ben, Yamiyayat, Shichya, Matana, Bas, Muzli, and Gabriel Yaakov. And as you come closer to the yard site, the first yard site of Rav HaChosid, Rav Shalom Ben Yeshua. Yibes Gimel Tamas. The birthday and the liberation of the Friyadik Rebbe. Who is the Friyadik Rebbe? And what is the big deal about his liberation? He was imprisoned. He suffered. And he got out. Big deal. Marash. And the Friedrich Rebbe actually addressed exactly that. And he said, It's not only I, but anyone that goes under the name, the title of Jew, was freed from prison. Friedrich Rebbe was the prince. Friedrich Rebbe was the crowned king of Kali Yisrael. And therefore, his liberation is our liberation. Do we always understand how that works? Do we always understand how that comes about? How that transpires? It's perception, perhaps. What is perception, though? Tell a story of a king, very powerful king, who had taken to an astrologer. He found this fellow who was an astrologer, and he sat and gave predictions all the time, and the king lived by it. Hook, line, and sinker. Just this week is Pasha's Bullock. The story of Bilam the Novi. He was an astrologer. Knew. The astrologer knew the future. He looked at the stars and knew the future. So the king relied on him. Ba'ayim. And an antagonist of the astrologer came along and found this opportunity to tell the king privately the astrologer is a fake. He's a fraud. He's not the real thing. And he just makes up things. You go with the flow with a fool. He's making a total fool out of you. King was infuriated. He told his guard, Stand next to me. I'm going to have the astrologer in front of me. When I tell you shoot, you shoot him. Shoot to kill. Kachav? King summoned the astrologer. The astrologer came in. 
stood proudly, respectfully in front of the king. The king said to him, uh, something wrong? Something amiss? Something off over here? Astrologer knew there was trouble. He smelled trouble. He realized his end was near. Ganesh, he waited. He said, yeah, something is very wrong. Something doesn't feel right. The king said to the astrologer, tell me something. You know the future, right? Of course. I look at the stars. I see the future. So tell me then, when are you going to die? Frozen. You were able to hear the gasps coming out of everyone's lungs. And the astrologer said, Oh, that's very simple. I'm going to die three days before the king. Whenever I die, the king dies three days later. He was mesmerized, he was petrified, he was mortified, and all the other adjectives we can think of. And he said, now what? If he kills the astrologer, he's going to die in three days after. So immediately the king realized, this is not an option. Killing the astrologer meant his death. And he told the guard not only not to kill the astrologer, but he told him, I'm appointing you now as his official bodyguard. Needless to say, the astrologer saved his life, his own life, unbeknownst to him. Fidi was a Nasi, is the Nasi. The Rebbe always makes reference to the Rebbe the Shver. The Rebbe often time, when people asked for brachas, wrote back, Azgir al I will mention it at the Ohel of the previous Rebbe. I probably told the story before of a chassid that came in for a private audience. The Rebbe used to go on a monthly basis, Erev Rosh and Tezvav Vachedish, 15th of the month, and Eve of the Rosh the head of the beginning of the month. The Rebbe would go to the Ohel. And the Rebbe could take all the letters that were amassed over the of that time, or the ones that he felt he needed to take, and the Rebbe took them to the Eil. A fellow once came into Yechidus, and he put down his letter, his beseechment, his request for a bracha, and the Rebbe said, I will tell my father-in-law, the Rebbe never professed to being the one that immediately helped save the person. The Rebbe always said this came through the Rebbe, the Shver, the father-in-law, the previous Rebbe. So the Chassid got very upset. It was something that needed to be taken care of the very next day. And it would be a while, a week, maybe a week, maybe a half a week, whatever it was, Till the Rebbe was going to the Eil. The Chassid said, but the Rebbe is not going to the Eil right away. So the Rebbe said that upstairs is the Friedrich Rebbe's apartment. There is the Friedrich Rebbe's desk. If I mention by the desk, it's the same thing. 
How often did Rebbe go upstairs to the desk? Nobody knows. Maybe people do know. I don't. But this was the Rebbe's throughout approach, shall we say, or attitude throughout his Nesius. Everything went through his father-in-law. Oftentimes, many a time, that we the people stood outside the hill while the Rebbe was there himself and the Rebbe would say huh you could hear that the Rebbe was holding a conversation with somebody but a real conversation not just and when if you went in you saw nobody there Times that the Rebbe come back from a Fabrengen, from an ale, and say that there'd be a Fabrengen. And at the Fabrengen, the Rebbe would say, It was given over to me, it was related to me. I was told. Of course, making reference to the conversation the Rebbe had with his father in law, the previous Rebbe, Friedrich Rebbe. So, whether it's reading the book, the Kut de Burim, whether it's reading a Prince in Prison, or the Arrest and Bafraying, that's the Altarebbe, sorry. Any books, Svarim, that talk about Friedrich Rebbe's arrest and his liberation, which took place, which started on Gimel Tammuz, that was the Ischalt of the Ula, when he was told he would not be put to death. And he'd be sent to Kastrama. And ultimately, before they sent him off to Kastrama, he was given on his base time as the news that he was a free bird. He was free to go. For Claudius Yisrael, it was extremely important. And that's why the Rebbe says, Lay Aisi Bilvad. Not I myself. This is something that touched the entire Jewish nation. And it's the entire Jewish nation that was affected and will be affected. Our mission to continue this legacy, to continue the way of the Friedrich Rebbe, taught to us by the Rebbe, the directors of the Rebbe, the Rebbe always said repeatedly, came directly from his father in law. A person of which the Rebbe said was Atzmus Mahus Angitan and Aguf. Atzmus Mahus, a very, very high level of godliness. But yet it was enclosed in a physical body, and the only body that could do that was the Fidik Rebbe. This is something that we need to take and understand and remember. As Chassidim, there was a year that we saw Neach Belenitsky, famous Chassid of the previous generation. He had very profound Aveda and great Mesidus Nefesh during the very difficult times in Russia. During one of the terrible years of World War II in Samarkand, the Mendel Futafas relates the story. 
Chassidim gathered for Yudbeis Tammuz Fabregen. It was a particularly warm Fabregen, and a lot of Lachaim was said. At one point, says Mendel, I noticed Visalneach lying in a corner looking exhausted. I watched him for some time, realized he wasn't asleep. He was in the middle of his braininess. He was thinking deep meditations, godly meditations. Salmech was a pnimi. He really spoke about himself. But now that he had said a lot of l'chaim, like everybody else did, the man said, I thought it would be a perfect time to gain some insight of his inner world. And I approached him, says the Mendel, and I asked him, Salmech, what are you thinking about? What is it that's bothering you? You look so fatrogen. He looked at me with his wise eyes and told me with a broken voice, I'm thinking through my entire life and wondering if I ever had a true hirhur tshuva. A hirhur of tshuva. We go through life and there are things that happen throughout our life And sometimes a person sits down and concentrates and actually does tshuva for something that he had done. And then there are people that didn't do any avaris, they don't have to do. But they have what's called a hero tshuva. Something shaking them to their core to do tshuva. And here is Salah who's wondering. When did he have it? It's true here to him. Hello? Middle of a year. This was a chassid. This is how a chassid was devoted and dedicated and selfless. Nothing was about me. It's all about my Avedis Hashem. Yud Beis Yud Gimel Tamuz. We see the devotion, the dedication of the Friedrich Rebbe, which ultimately culminates with the Friedrich Rebbe arriving at the shores of New York City. And he was wearing his big day Shabbos, his bodic streim or whatever. And his big beard. And the many, many Rabbanim came to greet him. And one of them actually said, Lubavitch Rebbe. Thus in this Europe, this is not Europe. We have to dress a little more Worldly. And the Friedrich Rebbe answered straight forward, America is nicht andrish. America is no different. And therefore, we don't dress differently. We don't talk differently. We don't act differently. Mind you, the Friedrich Rebbe was ultimately wheelchair-bound because he was beaten, thrown down steel steps, Baruch Hashem, his share of Messias Nefesh in prison. But what hurt him more was the fellow was a Jew trying to prove himself to the Russians, trying to show how loyal and faithful he is to the communist regime thinking he'd score points with it. Obviously there were non-Jews also that beat the Friedrich Rebbe. 
But ultimately, it took a toll on the Friedrich Rebbe's body. Very bad one. So when we celebrate Yud Beis Yud Gimel Tammuz, we do just that. Most Chassidim wear Big Day Shabbos. Most Chassidim, all Chassidim, our Chassidim at least, according to the Yem Yem, the dictum of the Yem Yem, don't say Tachnun, neither Yud Beis nor Yud Gimel. It's a Yom Tif. And the Rebbe says, again, like the Al-Tarebbe said, that he was saying to Hillam, and when he came to the words, Padre Shalom Nafshi Mikrovli, he too saw his Gula. And no, we're not going to sit and sing Padre Shalom. I'm sorry. I see all those faces drop. So disappointed and disheartened. Before we go to the Pasha, which obviously is the idea of the Shia, so that people should have what to say by the Shabbos tables. People greet one another, they should be able to say a word over very important and two holy Neshamas of Jews come together, they should have a word of Yiddishkeit a word of Torah between them which is therefore the gist of this year however sometimes you get tangential so on a very quick synopsis Shivasa B'Tamuz is a fast day we do not begin to fast on Matzah Shabbos Saturday night the fast begins Sunday morning. Check your local listings for when that is. Daybreak. Not Netzachama. Not sunrise. Which is substantially later. Later. Fast goes until at night, Sunday night. It's a full day fast. And it's a pretty stringent one, actually. However, people with medical issues, post-COVID issues, etc., should refer to it of how and what to do. That's only because three weeks later is the fast of Tishabov. And we don't want, we'd rather, it's, I guess it's stronger to fast on Tishabov than Shabbat and therefore, if you won't be able to fast both, you would be able to talk to it off. But unless a Rav tells you differently, you have to fast. Shivasa B'Tamas till Tishabov marks three weeks. Bein HaMitzadim. Time of mourning. From Shivasa B'Tamas until Rish Chodesh of is one Tkufa. From Rish Chodesh of till Tishabov is another Tkufa known as the Nine Days, which we'll discuss with Hashem. During the three weeks, one may not listen to music. If you're addicted to music, talk to a local authority. You can do everything else. Try to avoid things that might be dangerous. Not even more so during the nine days. We need to be excruciatingly careful mm-hmm. in our behavior. More so, in order to keep to that, its tradition is, in Chabad, 
to learn Hilchis Beis Havachira. Laws that have pertaining to the Beis Hamidash. There are three main sources. One is in Yirmiyo, in Yeshaya, another Yeshaya. It's approximately three Pirakim. One is the Mishnayis, known as Mesechtis Midois. And one is the Rambam, Hilchas Beis Habechida. One should seek to finish all three of those during the three weeks. Most people make that a point between Mincha and on a daily basis to have a shear and thereby Mehat Hashem completing it before, before Tishabav. Once again, so far the shear is in three parts. I saw it starting to falter. I turned it off and restarted it. So that hopefully you'll have a flowing shear. The study of Hilchas Beis Abachida is very relevant to us. And of course, the famous Pasuk, which makes reference to the three weeks, Tzien, in judgment, will be redeemed. And, of course, its redemption itself would be through tzedakah. And therefore, it is recommended to give extra tzedakah during the three weeks. If, and yet, Shem, I'm sure you will, Attend this year, Hilchas Beis Habachira. It was Ein shall we say, it almost became customary that at the end of this year there'd be a pushka on the table, and the people would say the pasuk, "Tzion b'mishpati pada v'shvayah b'tzdaka," and put a coin in tzdaka and charity. The three weeks is not anywhere near as severe as the nine days in the beginning. We may shower, we may we don't buy new clothing. I'm afraid the video is not going to be very successful today. We do not buy new clothing, we do not listen to music. We do not take haircuts. But obviously we may take showers and pretty much everything else in the norm of life. Focusing on Pasha's Bullock. Pasha's Bullock is the name of our Pasha, which is a little bit ironic. Because as we know, It is written Shame is Shayim Yekav. If you keep in score at home, Yimara and Yuma Lamed Chesam and Beis. Thirty eight side two. So we know the fact that we say, the Yimara tells us, same source, same place, Russia. person asked, he wanted to name his, his child after a wicked person. Zeis, 
כדי שדי להנציח שם של ראשה, in order not to be able to perpetualize the name of the ראשה. therefore the ארץ זייס, מסייר ארץ תמיה גדל על פרשתנו. Because of this, we have a big question in our Parsha. How are we calling a Parsha at, on, on, by the name of Rasha? He was clearly a wicked man looking to destroy the Jewish nation. Therefore, also Parsha's Kedach, we said the same thing. called on the name of the sinner but we can't compare okay, video is again down cannot compare obviously the two Kerach and Balak For his children, Kerachs repented. As it says, B'nei Kerach le'meisu. Because the end they did tshuva. Whereas Bolok, on the other hand, a goy, a Jew-hating goy at that, a wicked one, hated the Jews even more than any other enemies. How therefore can you call a Pasha, a full Pasha on his name? Kerach, I understand, the children did Shuvah. Bullock? Bullock represents a detachment, a cutting off of Kedusha. one more part of the video it comes from again the Navi Yeshaya the word Bilko which means cutting off death on the other hand the Shalat tells us Bolak was a very wise man much wiser than Bilam And he knew exactly how the, tra- the chain of command of Malchus Yisrael. And he knew that in this chain be the Malchus of Beis David and of Mashiach. And that he would ultimately redeem us. And so much so that Rusa Mevia, that from her was descended, from her descended David, and from David we know will come Mashiach, yet she was a descendant of Balak. There we see that Bolok did bring about a certain early Kedusha. A Kedusha that turned over the entire wickedness to good and the bitterness to sweet. In the beginning, Bullock stood for hate. Bullock stood for the worst of light of things, of detachment from God. But at the end of the day, from him, Dafka, comes out Dovra Melech, 
Mashiach Fukeva. As his descendants. The service of God is divided into two types. Turning over bad to good, learning Tata and Mitzvahs, learning Tata and keeping Mitzvahs, which is doing good in his purity. When a Jew fights with his Yetzirah, so much so that he turns the Yetzirah into good, this is the second type of Avedis Hashem. And from this, Sakharaj Baruch Hu gets tremendous nachasruach and pleasure. The typical example that the Shachanarach brings down is a cold winter morning. A yid wakes up, fartogs, still dark outside. And the Yitzhahara goes, it's freezing. Don't you dare get out from under this blanket. It's freezing out here, out, out there. The Chassid turns around and says to him, you're so right. It's bitter, bitter cold out there. It's freezing, it's horrible. These are not human conditions even. Yechav of Dirachmanes says the Yid, I have pity on you. Please close the door. I have pity on you. You stay in the bed. Don't come out. It's too cold. I'm going to show. Needless to say, Yitzhara turns around and says, Well, well, wait for me. You can't go anywhere without me. Thereby you're slapping the Yitzhara to show. It's not an easy task. He's not really welcome. We don't really want to see him there. We don't want to have to deal with his shenanigans in Shul. And yet, there we are, the middle of Psuga the Zimra. Oh, really? Oh, you very? No, couldn't be. Yes? Oh my gosh. Middle of davening. Middle of what is this doing in middle of davening? What are you doing lifting up your cell phone? You're waiting for Gadish Baruch to call you back to give you a report how wonderful you davened? that texting that is the Eight Sahara calling you texting you sending you an email lighting up your social media a message on Facebook on FaceTime on all the other and when do we look at that in the middle of the middle of Krishna people have their phones on their bench on their seat in front of them as they're davening. As soon as it goes or beep or whatever it does, they look away in the middle of the davening to see how important is it, more important than HaKadosh Baruch how more important is it than my davening. That is Mr. Yetzirah. That is the one that you leave in, his, in your bed and that is the Vedas Hashem of the highest level. Not leaving him in bed, but taking him to shul and making him daven. Making him behave. Making him understand this is a place, this is a place where I have to daven and serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, And nothing else. 
You don't look at your friend and say, hey, what did the Yankees do last night? And you don't discuss Milchazot's shots, where's Bitcoin at? Come on, it's in the middle of Kaddish, all of a sudden you remind yourself a good joke. Who is that? That is your Yetzirah. That is the one that you're bringing to Shul with you. And you need to squash. You need to quell. But you don't need to wipe him out and eradicate. You need to elevate. You need to see to it that the Yetzirah this Hakadosh Baruch Hu has nachas ruach. Avedis atshuva. When a person does tshuva, they turn over all their avedis to to merits, which elevates the balas tshuva to the highest of levels. Such a high level that even Sadiqin Gimurim cannot re- reach there. Matan the Alpat To this level of Vedas Hashem, the Torah the makes reference by calling the Parsha Bolok. Bolok of the Torah is not the Rasha. Bolok is the one that was purified, elevated and totally detached from the evil ways how much so that Malchus Beis David and Malchus Mashiach descend from him Bolak is where we see we turn over the evil and make it good. Until Shayatev. This is a lesson for each and every Jew. Sometimes when a Jew does a Cheshmer and Nefesh, and he sees his situation, his personal life, he didn't behave the way he should have. He didn't behave like an only child of the Kaddish Baruch Hu's. He gets in despair. He becomes depressed. He becomes totally low. Tells the tailor that you can strengthen yourself over this evil. Not only strengthen yourself, but you turn it over to Kedusha. Not only turn it over to Kedusha, but Tachlus HaKedusha to a level that ain't Sadiqim Gimurim Yechelim Lamed. And so as we see a second, a fellow Jew. It's for the phones here. At the first glance, he looks like somebody that's totally never detached, Rechman al-Hitzlan, from Kaj Baruchu. We have to know the intention of this is to turn over to good, to turn him over to good. Till he reveals the spark of Mashiach that exists within him and thereby bringing forth Mashiach I was thinking today on the way home from Iftayim. Hashem, go on Wednesdays and Thursdays in Iftayim. And I had today, the average day, seventh Tefillin. Thursday, Baruch Hashem, is much more. We had seventh Tefillin today. I had out of the seventh film, only two did I wrap up. The 
that I have to physically take and wind them up. One of them, only because spoiled brat, and refuses to do them, so I want you to do it. He wants me to work for my money. Money? And he wants me to work for it. You're coming here, I want you to put it on me. And the other one is a new fellow. Otherwise, the other five take the tefillin, put it on their arms, wrap it, they count, one, space, two, space, four, half, try to tell them to stop doing it, but listen, this would be the worst of it. They always make a second bracha anyway on the Sharesh. And the other five put on the film. Not only put on the film, but they say everything that we say. Maidani, Makabal. Say it on their own. Some of them still use the paper that we gave them transliterated. And some of them go by heart. Who, who is greater than these people? People, some of them maybe have gone to yeshivas, some haven't. Just, just a sight. Very heartwarming sight. And Baruch Hashem, this is what's keeping our nation going. These Yidin, not necessarily eating kosher, not necessarily keeping Shabbos at home, not necessarily keeping Tadus HaMishpacha. For the most part, they'd like to at least make Yiddish. They'd like to keep a semblance of Yiddishkeit at home. I would say 90, 95% of them have mezuzahs on all their doors. This is this is the Yid that we look for. This is the Yid of value. This is the Yid that keeps the nation, the nation going. And we have to reach out and polish those Yidin. We have to reach out and see to it that those Yidin are given a fair chance. Those Yidin are taught each day something new. Every time we encounter them, we teach them a new thing. Is it easy? Not at all. Is it important? Very much. It's our mission.
to reach out, to find, and to speak to your fellow Jew, men to men, women to women. And to see to it that each and every one does every mitzvah they can, they can, and they can reach and achieve and handle. And thereby taking the lesson of Pasha's Bolak being called after the name of a person that sounds so wicked. Whenever we talk about Pasha's Bolak, the Pasik that must be mentioned is Prior to that, I'm going to have to squeeze this in. After several attempts, the messengers of Bolak, new higher ranking messengers kept coming until they convinced Bolak and Bilam to go with them. Obviously, Akash Baruch Hu told him that he could at night. Akash Baruch Hu only spoke to him at night in a dream. The difference, of course, the vast difference of Bilam and Mesha. Mesha was a Novi, Yisrael. Akash Baruch Hu addressed him and spoke to him, Panamapanam, by day. Whereas Novi of the Umaza, of the Ulam of Umaza, HaKadosh Baruch only spoke to at night. So when he was told, okay, you're going to go with these messengers, Taylor tells us, He got up early morning, and he himself saddled his donkey. Why? He had these high-ranking people that literally came to accompany him. Why didn't one of them to do it? They were there to his, at his, as beck and serve, beck and call. Tells us Rashi. Rashi, the champion of Shutesh Mikra, of the Mechamish the Mikra. Rashi says, Mikan, we hear, from here we learn, Shahasina Mikalkeles Zashura. Hatred, as does actually Ava, love, totally distorts the thinking pattern. Shechovesh Hubatsme, he himself went and put on the saddle. He saddled the donkey. He hated the Jews so badly and was in such a rush and is so enthusiastic about going to curse them, Rahman al-Islam. He forgot his place. He forgot who he was, what he stood for, and he himself went and saddled the donkey. This hatred extra hatred didn't help him much because ultimately HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells him you fool you Russia you wickedness you think that you're showing your great devotion dedication to me because you are saddling your own donkey on a quote-unquote mission of mine that I am sending you to? Shaita, I got news for you. Avram Avinu the forefather the father of the Jewish nation he beat you to this my friend 
he saddled his donkey and I sent him on a mission. And therefore this counters everything that you just think you did. It says in the Pasuket, that Avram woke up in the morning and saddled his donkey. The work of Avram Avinu, so many hundreds of years prior, countered what but what Bilaam had now done. What was Bilaam looking to accomplish with this tremendous hatred that he had to the Jews? He knew Akash Baruch Hu was not going to let him curse the Jews. Akash Baruch Hu told him, Only whatever I tell you to do, you're going to say, otherwise don't do anything. Bilaam was hoping that the Jews would mess up with something, and they'd be a kitrug. And therefore, it would affect the love has to, God has to them. He knew Dasalian, or so he thought. So he thought. Therefore he knew that if he played his cards right and he didn't do something wrong, he would be able to... And when he saw, according to the Seder, the regular Seder, there's no place for cursing the Jews, he tried to be mechalkulous Ashura, to awaken things that are not according to the norms. And Bilaam, as if said in his work, the truth is, according to the Seydad Zvarim, the regular way, way of the world, Am Yisrael is Am Yisrael And I can't start with them. I can't even imagine cursing them. Since Am Yisrael sin sometimes, and the Kilkas Hashirah Midbar, and they messed up with their own logic in the Midbar, and didn't act with Yidl with Chesed. This all came about because Bilaam had such a strong hatred to the Jews. The Sina Amishimakalkelis Ashura. The forefather Avram came before you. And he said, Both those that accustomed, according to Sayyidah Ragul, According to the regular way, and also those that are Makalkas Ashura, they don't go according to say that Ragul. Always, if they're Am Yisrael, they're fit for a bracha. And the schus of the mice of Avram Avinu, they were also according to say that Makubu. Spashat Bolak, therefore, shows us the total turnaround of Klola to Bracha Vayav Hashem. Overturn to you the curse into a blessing, for God loves you. And the same, just like by, by Bilam, where he revealed his hatred, same also, would turn over the Klola to Abracha and reveal itself by each and every Jew that will be Mikakelis Ashura. Not enough in the love of Hashem, according to the Shura. But by each and every Jew needs to be first Avas Hashem, according to the regular Seder. Ava, this Ava brings about to each and every Jew to be Mekayim Mitzvah, the Maila Mishudasadin, and therefore it gives over to levels of no boundaries. And this Ava, this love, unconditional love, needs to be so great with such force that it should turn over even the Harad, the Tev, the Bed. The evil to good, the Jew attaches himself with this Kesher, the Akash Baruch Hu. he awakens the Ava in such a level from the Akash Baruch Hu alone, the Akash Baruch Hu turns over
even the Kvala Tebracha, and it will be revealed to each and every one of us, Ki Ahevecha Hashem Elikecha, HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves us, and the love of HaKadosh Baruch Hu be, Chakelos Hashur and we will see only Brachas, Ad Blidai, and this Shabbos will begin with the Gula Mitzah Shleimah Yehavchia Meilu, the Sosain, or the Simcha, Good Shabbos to all.